I hope you guys have been looking forward to this one because I have... Who am I kidding? No one's listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes sad. Life is sad. Life is funny. I started painting again. That's pretty... I've never actually... No, I started painting full stop. I think the last time I really painted anything was when I was three or four. I threw some, I got some crayons and I painted on a wall in my house and I was hoping to God my dad wouldn't see me and then he just walks by, says hi and I try to block the drawing with my body and my body's tiny compared to the drawing and he looked at me for a second trying to to understand, you know, why, I'm, why I hugged the wall <laughs> and he saw it and I, re I really thought he was going to hit me, I really thought he was going to punish me for that but he didn't and... He just got paint and painted over it after a while. But I don't think after that point, I think that fear I had in that moment, I never painted again. My handwriting has always been horrible. I wouldn't attribute... I don't know if I can attribute that to that exact situation, but um, I never believed I could draw, even though I remember the feeling I had when I was drawing on that wall, and I loved it. I just, I was just doing, drawing. I was so terrified when I saw my dad, actually. That's something I really don't want my children to feel, 100%. I, I never want my children to be that type of afraid of me. I think there are types of fear. There's the good type of fear and the bad type of fear. And I think we can all relate to that. I think we can all look at moments in our lives and see times where we felt that bad fear, like we're afraid of getting caught uh, in a lie or by a principal in our school. You know, you just, you know you, you're doing something wrong and you just don't want to get caught. Sometimes it's not something wrong, but we think it's wrong, of course, and the fear is still there, and that's not good. Of course, there's also the good fear where we know we're excited to do something that we always wanted to do, get up on stage, or go go ahead and, and go after what you want. And you're afraid of You're afraid of not getting what you want, but that'll always open up the opportunity for something else to come in its, in its place, even if you don't get it. But I don't know, I'm saying this now, I have no idea how I'd create a type of relationship with my children where they really don't have that type of fear with me. If they do, if they are afraid of me in any way, I want them to to be afraid in a way that's good for them, I guess. I don't want them to have, I don't want them to limit themselves by trying to live to my ideal somehow. By... I don't want them to be afraid of disappointing me or afraid of, that I might not love them anymore or afraid that I might leave them or that I would judge them or all of that. I think if we have a problem, the first people we should go to are our parents. But I don't think they're the first people most people go to because when you go tell your parents about something, they'll just tell you how usually, you know, 70% of the time... Uh, you know, why did you do it? Uh, they they love you, you know, but they they think that they know what's best for you, and then they blame you for doing the mistakes mistakes that they might have done or might have made at some point. But they made those mistakes and learned from them. You had to learn from them too. You had to make your own mistakes. But anyways, like I I think I I don't I'm not sure I ever painted after that after that incident with my dad. But right now, like I'm, I'm exploring different things that I'm, I'm into. Like I said, I'm, I'm really into design, and I just started 
getting pieces of paper and, and drawing anything on them just to see what might pop pop out. And I drew this, like, I think it's cool. Uh, shame I can't show you guys, but it's just, uh, you know, when you open, when, like, a while back, you used to open MS Paint and just put lines and circles and shapes together and color them. <laughs> That's not what this one is, but it's uh, an abstract, different lines, different shapes together that I think just fit well somehow. And I'm pretty impressed that I, I did something like that. I just need to color it, I think. And I haven't gotten to that. Something about it is so relaxing. I've been trying, I've been... Okay, we're five minutes in. I haven't said what I'm going to talk about in this episode. I'm going to talk about a few things. I had uh, an, an experience during meditation a while back that I want to talk about. Not a while back, this week <laughs> that I want to talk about. And last weekend, I was, uh, like I said, I was at this money management seminar called Millionaire Mind Intensive. And... I really don't want to market it for them or have anyone know about it. You know, if, if you're listening to this, li- you'll listen to this and figure out if you want to go yourself. You know, I did get things out of it, definitely. But uh, it's just wrong how they deal with people to, to sell them stuff at the end of the day. Like these psychological techniques that they use to take advantage of people and convince them that if you buy this course for a few thousand dollars, then your life is going to change and... This is the solution to all your problems. But after that course, you still have to act out and do all of all of these things that you have to work on. It's, it's not a magic pill. So the techniques that they use just felt underhanded. They felt wrong and they tried to teach us that at the end. But I'll get to that later. But what I wanted to say was I, I've been trying to increase my attention span somehow. I realized like I'm, I'm just too distracted by either messaging or... WhatsApp, Instagram, it's not that I'm I'm using them often, it's just that when I do use them, they really take me out of where I am. You know, if I do open my phone right now and I check how many people messaged me, then every time I see a picture of someone or their name or the messages that we're writing, my brain is going to calculate a lot of things on its own. It's going to understand the dynamic of the relationship between me and this person, what I could text afterwards, what they texted me, under what which context and why they texted it and what I might plan on texting them later, you know, whether it's friends or whether it's people I, I want to work with or any anything like that. It's just, or family too. Uh, it's just really a lot. And I realized like just opening the phone and just checking checking anything, it's distraction, finding something to, to take you away from where you are is just wrong. And like even in this uh, seminar I went to, a three-day workshop, they always took advantage of our attention. Like they had us really high five every five minutes or even less just to keep our attention. You know, just look at your neighbor next to you and high five the person next to you and tell them, you have a millionaire mind. You have a millionaire mind. Then you start like looking at everyone just getting so excited and high fiving everyone around them, like saying, you have a millionaire mind. You have a millionaire mind. And it's it's funny like I, I i i honestly haven't been in that type of situation before i knew that that's how that was going to be like but i i went in with an open mind i went in to absorb what what's good for me what i can absorb to become better with my money with my with myself and you know they try they try like it's <laughs> It's a bit of a bit of a tough one because there's a lot of things that they teach that are sayings that they give that are actually pretty cool, 
things that you can live your life by. They try to change your mindset about money, change your mindset about yourself. And a lot of that you can you can take you could take a lot from that. You know, they set examples about how Donald Trump went bankrupt three times and then like he has his own money thermostat that his money automatically has to always get up to and everyone has their own thermostat when it comes to money and, and how we all have an expectation of the limit of money that we can reach whether we think about it or not so so there were some good points you know talking about life how how you shouldn't waste your time until you're 80 losing everything and, and thinking about money the wrong way not having assets making money for you not reaching financial freedom but sometimes it was just ridiculous, like the dancing that people would start dancing before the session starts. They want to energize people up. I mean, definitely, you want to give a three-day workshop. You want everyone's energy to always be on point and high. So you you have them stretch, you have them do dances, and you have them do high fives. And that was that was all fun, fun and games. You know, I I, I went without you know my ego just by myself and. And I tried to get what I could get out of it, obviously. So they, I'll get back to what I'm doing for my attention in a second. But just to get this out of my um, my system, because this guy, the speaker that came up and gave us the talk, he's this bald guy, multimillionaire from the United States, one of the instructors of this course. And he, he has a very, he's American. He has this very American, very aggressive selling style. And he's a very aggressive talker. Like he... He'll shout, not directly at you, but at the room. And the way he's making it seem like when you when he's trying to sell one of his products at some point, like uh, uh, the first day we started at 9 in the morning and then at around 5 p.m. for an hour and 15 minutes or so, he tried to sell us books or courses. And I was sitting there, imagine like being sold to for an hour and 15 minutes, but he phrased it in a very nice way before he even started. And he was, he started selling us the second he started talking, basically. They prime you for yes for so long by asking certain questions that you'll always say yes to. Yes, yes, yes. They keep the energy of the room high all the time. And then he starts his pitch and he tells you like, I'm I'm going to promote. But he, he made it seem... When he was selling us whatever he was selling us, it always felt like he wasn't really selling me anything. He was just telling me that I, I should buy it just like that and that I should listen to him. He was really good. He was really, really good at what he was doing, definitely. And he said, like, if you're not happy about me trying to promote, then try to model how I promote and try to take from it as much as you can. So... I try to take from him as much as I can, definitely. Like, I, I, I subconsciously absorbed a lot of how he is. And, like, after two days, I, I saw a few friends of mine and I saw that I, I felt like I was talking like he was, like he would talk. And that was weird for me, you know, because part of me didn't want to be like him, but a part of me also liked how he could control the room and how he he was so dominant in that sense and in that energy. And he, he, he explained things, you know, quite well through good stories and metaphors. But as he as he tried to sell, like it just got too much for me because as he as he promoted, the psychological techniques he used were I I just say evil. They felt wrong. One of them was getting you he anchors at a high price, first off, like this course is normally forty thousand dollars. And then he puts it on a board behind him. He writes it very casually as if, you know, it, it's, it doesn't matter, as if 40,000 isn't even a lot. And then he goes into into a, a story. 
he tells us a story about blah 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 yeah this person that 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 dog jumped over that just a story i don't know what the fuck you know but he, he links it <laughs> he links it in the end to the to the fact that if you buy this course you'll make a lot more than forty thousand, and it's the best investment that you can make and one of the tools that they teach us very early on is that we should invest in our education and he makes it a point that since since we're here we might as well invest in our education to make more money but then as he starts talking he starts blaming us the room everyone and he starts saying things in a way that makes you feel like you're the person he's describing and i didn't feel like that but i just saw it and it pissed me off because he made it seem like i was so much worse than what i was or what i am he made me feel like i was less than what i was less than what i am and by buying from him i can be more than what i am right now so he puts you in the ground the entire room and then he lifts you all up again and looking at everyone around me i was pissed you know like how how can these people eat this up and it's not right and it's so diabolical like i had this part of my brain fighting what he was saying without thought it's just like I'm, I'm with him absorbing how he's saying it and what he's saying and understanding it but this part inside of me is felt wrong and like how okay he anchors at 40,000 and then he crosses it out and he's like but this is the seminar price tuition blah 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 fee and then he goes up and then he he builds up the tension of him writing the number he takes his time he says another story and then he goes up again and then he writes from 40,000 it's like 8,000 now then he puts that, but then he continues with another story, right? And he, he says, like, this is normally what, what we would go down to, but... And by the way, when he's writing the numbers on the board behind him, he he blocks the way, he stands in front of the number so you don't see what he's writing. So you're that more curious to, to see what he's going to write. It builds tension, curiosity. You want to look, you start trying to look around him to see the number, what he's going to write. And then he writes like from 8,000, now it's 4,995. And like, that's the final price. But there's only 12 spots left. And we're a room of 200 people. So he, I don't know, like this is this part, like I'd like to learn, but it's it's also fun to watch. It's, it's called a table rush, where he tells everyone like, this is your chance to get one of the 12 spots and if you miss out you miss out and at the beginning like to make us sure that we're going to miss out from the from the if, if we don't get the course the first thing he tried to sell was a book which you can buy on amazon for like three dollars but they sold it to us as if it was 20 and then they reduced it to 10 and if you buy two or more you get each for eight it was such a ripoff the entire thing but even then like after a lot of people bought the books he stood up and he said the books are sold out just to make us aware that the books are sold out you can't buy more of the books so you can't buy more of the courses if you miss out on this price and things that you learn by paying 4995 can make you hundreds of thousands so it's it, it's a deal that makes sense right and then the table rush happens people in the front that basically i talked to a few of them they're I don't know, they want to break out of the life that they're in aggressively and they have they have the cash and they want to to I don't know, go into something new 
I don't know how how it is in their heads, like when they stand up and rush to the table to in the back to actually buy the buy the course for five grand almost, and it's just it it was funny to to watch, anyways. So they we did a lot of exercises too. We but the exercises always felt rushed. The guy was more more or less talking most of the time, and they tried to. <laughs> There's a lot that happened. I don't think I can go into every every single detail. Um, they showed us what type of money management person are you. They taught us a money management system, which isn't about system. I'll have to admit, like this is something I want to start doing, and I always planned on doing. And it's basically you put a percentage of your income every month into specific jars, different accounts, and you always keep the accounts separate. That's the most important thing. So you put ten percent into into your financial freedom account where you know that this money is going to go into investing into securities or stocks or any any financial asset that can make you money at some point so this jar 10% of my money is going to make sure I'm I'm using my money to grow my money so money that works for you investing or using it or keeping it so you can build something at some point Another jar is 10% long-term saving jar where you put money just to get like a TV that you want later on. And then 10% into education. And I, I can see how important that is. If um, if I like once I start making a regular salary, I, I don't have any money right now, but I, I'm, I'm trying my best. Um, a lot of it's going to go into my education. A lot of it's going to go me learning new things, new skills, seeing what's going on in the industry. I wouldn't, like, if I did have the money, I wouldn't mind paying $3,000 for a course that I know is going to improve me as a person. But with the, with this, I had no guarantee. And, and what they would teach me, they would teach me, with the way that they're teaching me this right now, I wouldn't want to learn anything from them ever because uh, it felt wrong. It felt, felt like I was being brainwashed by, by their... They're th- the way they did things, and that's just not right. Um, trying to convince me I'm something I'm not, so that they can change me to something that they want me more to be like, and and it's everyone else going through that too, and and everyone like every people from all all different wakes of life are in that room, students or older people who want who want to have financial freedom, and some people really like, you know the. I was sitting next to this guy and this guy I saw him talk a few times and you can tell like he's not 100% with it you know he's he's a bit uh, I don't know what how to say it without being offensive just a stupid person uh he was slow he couldn't talk properly he couldn't uh articulate properly but he he was sitting next to me and he was so excited by everything the guy said and every time the guy finished a sentence he would uh he would repeat like what the guy said the last word and he would tell us because there was a lot of priming there was a lot of him the speaker asking questions and us answering by saying yes or by saying the word that he wants us to say or by filling in the last blank in a sentence and he was always controlling the room like that and at the end of the course at the end of the three days he at the end of the second day i didn't go to the third day actually uh, second day, he at, at the end of it, he tried to sell us a course that trains us how to train like he trained us right now. So it's called Train the Trainer. And 
I want to be a trainer. Like I want to be not just a trainer. I want to I want to help people figure themselves out. I want to help people communicate the way they need to communicate. I want to help people be themselves without all of this weight. But what he does is for me still wrong. How he manipulates the information and the stories and and the psychological tricks he uses to get you to to buy his shit and he explains that through showing you the techniques that he used as he entered the room the first day now the first day when he came on stage i told myself that i would focus and listen to see how he opens up the set and the, on the stage and, and gets us uh, in with him but then on the second day when i was trying to remember what he did exactly on the first day i was starting to forget and then he did it all again and ex- explained exactly what everything he did was and why he did it so that we would be we would build this connection between each other so that he can continue to try and teach us about money to build this bond empathy and through that he tried to sell the train the trainer course and the guy next to me i like he really wanted this train to trainer course but i i just looked at him i usually look at people with like belief like that you can do this you know if you really want it but I know this guy can't be a trainer. You can't. You can't explain. You can't talk. Your your language ability isn't that good. So you're getting so excited about becoming a trainer and spending five k on on this course, but you're not gonna get anything out of it. You're not gonna be able to use it the way that you that you think that you could. You can't convince people to do something that they can't do. I want people to figure out what they can and really want to do and go after that but i don't want to lie to anyone to be something that they they're not just to convince themselves that they can be happy but hey um whatever i wasn't i wasn't happy there but i i'm glad i i absorbed what i absorbed so there was 10 percent in education 10% in financial freedom, 10% in long-term saving, 55% in necessities, which is rent and food, 5% as gifts, and 10% in play. It's really important to play, so we need to be able to have fun. Uh, one important thing during the entire time there, I realized, was that I'm actually taking... I didn't go the three days, I went two days, so I'm taking two full days out of my life just to think about how I'm spending my money. So... Although at some points, you know, he was he was trying to sell us stuff. My brain was thinking about actually, if I had a jar, uh, an account, they used jars to show us what where to put our money. And like every time he put money in a jar, he had us do like a cha-ching movement with our hands. Everyone with me, cha-ching. So he really dominated the room. Man. Insane, impressive, impressive, hundred percent. Something I know I can do really well. Something I want to get better at, and I was I was tempted really to to take the course, and I'll to get to that story in a second. So, as he was talking about the ten percent in play, I started thinking to myself, like, okay, how first off, how can I apply the system to my life? You know, go to my bank, and I did go to my bank, and I asked, like, how can I open accounts? How can I see sub accounts? Blah blah blah, and I'm figuring that out still. I can't do it with my bank apparently. But I really had to question that, like, if I wanted to do something for fun right now and put money in play, what would I do? What do I find fun? You know, do I want to go out for drinks and waste my money there? Is that fun for me? 
everyone does their own thing if you think that that's fun for you go for it but for me that's fun sometimes but it's not something that refreshes me or rejuvenates me the way I need to and that for me was a big question while I was there I had the time to think about the money I have the mo- how I'm going to spend it where I could spend it and what what do I want to spend it on and why and I really I really thought about what makes me happy would I spend my money to go to the cinema would I spend my money to go to the sauna uh, spend money to go to the spa get a massage I, I think I'd like that I, I think I'd like getting a massage with my money I think that would relax me but really the only thing that I can think about that would really make me happy for play is is like paying for uh, a retreat where I learn something over there. Like go a weekend on a beach and learn how to kite surf or surf or uh, learn how to play tennis, learn how to, you know, one week intensive training session and with, with like an awesome trainer. Uh, in a in a place that I've never been before, in a hotel or something, and always like my food is arranged, and I'm I'm learning something while I'm there. Like I think Tim Ferriss does that, and I I think that's that's just pretty cool. Like I my friend came back, my roommate came back from from a trip last week, where he was learning kite surfing, and I talked about kite surfing with uh, Alia, but he showed me like extreme videos of how they do it and it's sick like you literally hold on to a kite slash parachute and you have a board under you and you're just moving with the wind and the water and I think that's just insane like I think I'm realizing more and more that I'm I'm a physical being so I'll get back to the to the court to the seminar in a second but last Tuesday I went a friend of mine uh, called me up and he's like dude let's go canoeing and I don't get I don't get calls like that often, you know. <laughs> and it, it was nice. And I went over, and he has from his garden in his house. Like it was two hours uh, up north. I had to had to go. He had a direct li- line to the lake uh, slash river, and he had a canoe. So we just got into the canoe. We we got the rows so we can row the 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 canoe. And we got in there and we we went ahead and I sat in front and we canoed and, and I realized like then and there as um you know, it, it was a rough terrain at the beginning. We're going through water, but uh, there's a lot of trees blocking the way and there's a lot of deadwood under the water that could uh, jam us. And, you know, you're holding your oar. Yeah, it's not a row, it's an oar. <laughs> uh, you, you take the oar and you push on trees, for example, to or like walls next to you or the ground to push the canoe in a certain direction and then you're paddling left and right, moving, you're rowing and and you're dodging and there's there's spiders and there's uh, there's like dragonflies, very, very beautiful dragonflies that I, I haven't seen anything like that before. It was like they're, they were blue, really bright blue dark blue that was somehow bright maybe because of the sun uh, flying around each other and really peaceful really at ease and then it hit me you know while walking through this uh, going through this canoe canoeing in the canoe that in, in our lives our brains are always calculating the things around us how we should move our bodies how we should embody our being more or less to get to a certain stage 
And while I was there, I was in I was in front of the canoe. It was my responsibility to make sure the canoe doesn't get stuck. So I have to make sure that like I avoid dead wood if I can. I decide if we go left to right. I push on that here. There was something like poison ivy on a wall next to us that we sh would, shouldn't touch, or it would burn a lot. And it touched me a little bit, and it burned a lot, but it was fine, you know. And, and we dodged that and continued. But my brain at that moment was calculating the problem of me being here right now in, in this situation, this physical area. So my, my brain is calculating how much force I need to apply with my with my right hand with the oar pushing against this thing to release the canoe from the wood under us. And then I push and, and that's what my body is calculating. It's the same if I play frisbee, for example, I throw the frisbee your brain automatically calculates what angle or force or direction you want to throw it in and it throws it there until like it drifts slowly in the air and, and reaches your your friend that's playing with you it's the same with football it's the same with any really anything we do your brain is calculating how you should move your body but you don't really we're not that aware of that calculation because it's an embodied response and in our lives like that canoeing experience and then going from there and going back to my life and seeing like back to my life, I'm calculating different things. I'm calculating how am I going to find a job? How am I going to get more listeners to the podcast? How am I going to uh, edit the book and rewrite a few parts and, and publish it and market it properly? I'm calculating this girl I like, where do I want to take her? What do I want to text her? Where, what, what do I want to do with her? How is this even going to be a relationship or not? I don't know. Uh, then I'm calculating keeping up with that friend, keeping up with that other friend, then I'm calculating my bachelor thesis, I read that, and I read that, and I read that, and I read that, okay, now I need to put it all together and write a, a thesis on, on this. So that that was that was what my brain was, ca was calculating in my daily life at home. What I'm going to eat, how am I going to eat it, all of that. Uh, when, I should, when should I go work out, when should I uh, meditate, when should I practice a language, when should I maybe watch a movie, and... In the canoe, none of that was there. The canoe was just me physically trying to move through the terrain that I'm in. Everything else didn't didn't exist. My brain was just calculating for this. And my brain loved calculating for this. It absolutely craved that, you know. I'm, I'm moving in unknown terrain and still trying my best to, to be calm, manage it, not be... Uh, you know, too arrogant or too forceful with how I'm moving because the canoe might flip over and we both might fall. And like my friend Malta, he was behind me the entire time supporting where we were going and rowing while I, I was just so lost in thought. And it was just so nice having a friend to, to talk to behind you. And then like while, while walking around, I realized like, okay, this is the set of problems that my brain is trying to, to calculate in this environment. But the dragonflies flying around, they're calculating a different set of problems for themselves within their own systems that they inhabit. But they're not aware of that calculation and they're not aware of the system that they're in and they're not aware of the existence of other systems with that their system inhabits. And we have that awareness, right? We, we're, we have the awareness to see the system that we're in, see individual aspects, see the whole of that system and see how it's connected to other systems and see that the dragonfly system is somehow connected to my system because we're in the same lake and we're in the same river and we're flowing together. So I thought that was a, just a brilliant thought. Like I I loved it. You know, it was uh, 
this dragonfly or insect or spider or bee, they're all just moving on instinct of the accumulated knowledge that evolution put into them through the universe going through the intelligent process it's been going through since the moment anything. And they're embodying that that intuition. They're embodying that instinct. And they're moving the way they, they're born to move with the accumulated knowledge of, of billions of years of evolutionary history in, in their DNA. And through that, they function in their system and they function intelligently because they do exactly what they need to do when they need to do it to continue continuing and to survive. And as a byproduct of the, them doing what they do, the bees harvesting their honey and, and pollinating the flowers and, and all of that, the rest of the environment gets to to contain other systems that are dependent on the honey of the bee or the fact that it is it revitalizes nature and then it's all connected but is the bee aware of the part that it's, it plays within that no the bee is just buzzing and being the bee is being and we're not like that we don't have a set role we don't have a set identity and, and that identity can keep changing like i'm sure a lot of people went out of the seminar different people definitely in one way or another or they might be different for a week and then go back to being normal or they might just talk about it on their podcast without ever trying to apply what what they've learned um i'll apply i'll apply a few things definitely but uh, yeah, a part of me really thought about taking that course. You know, I, I could I could become a trainer, and I'd learn the psychological techniques that he uses to grab a room quickly, and then uh, and he he explained that to us. You know, he stood up, and he told us, guys, watch me as I enter, and I'm going to tell you exactly what's happening at each each stage. So he he's like clap so you introduce me on stage so everyone claps and he tries two different techniques he tries the first one where he comes running and really excited and he tells everyone yeah this is me this is what i'm going to talk about this is what's happening this is blah, blah, blah. and he went on a very quick monologue in his mouth with his mouth and like the words were gibberish and he couldn't understand them but he was trying to prove a point that most people go on stage nervous and afraid and quickly and they they just want to pour information onto the crowd and no one gets any of that and we've all seen presentations like that awesome thanks for the point next point he went on stage again but this time as we were clapping he went up really calm scanned the room from right to left looked at all of us slowly and he explained like this is this is how you contain a room and i i know that already like this is something that's not new information for me but it's hard to apply to stand in front of a room and be silent and be quiet and not blabber and just watch and scan and he did that and then he tells he starts telling us what what the next step is and the next step exactly was thanking us for being there but he started actually by saying by asking a question he asked us do you want to be rich and everyone said yes because we're in a seminar to manage money of course we want to be rich and so once we say yes he says thank you and he points out that the thank you is an acknowledgement is that one of the most profound feelings that we have or the feelings that we crave is the feeling of being acknowledged 
and that's what he does for us. He thanks us immediately after we answer his question. And then he asks another question. Uh, I think he asks the question again, actually, but he wants more energy from us. Do you want to be rich? Everyone says, yes. Again, thank you. Acknowledgement. So then while he was doing that, he started making a game. He started uh, explaining how, you know, within the first one minute of me coming in, you were acknowledged like four times. Because after he asked us those questions and said thank you, he properly acknowledged the fact that we were there. Thank you for being here. I know everyone's coming from wherever. Everyone's blah, blah, blah. You're taking the time to, to come here. Acknowledges us again. But as he was showing us those examples, he every time that he said asked a question and we said yes, he stopped saying thank you. He starts he pulls out like two fake guns from his from just they're just his fingers basically. <laughs> and he shoots at the crowd, and that's when every one of us says thank you. So he asks us a question, we say yes, he pulls out his hands as guns, and he shoots, and everyone says thank you. So he anchored that movement with everyone to say thank you instead of him while he was showing us what uh, what he did when he first came on stage the other day. So he continues and he, he tells us how he built the empathy really quickly. He told us like how when he just talks to one person in the crowd, he's basically building empathy with everyone in the crowd, not just the person he's talking to. Uh, how when he talks to someone, he might be nodding his head up and down to, to entice a yes rather than, than a no. Um, he goes into the stories that he started at the beginning and he started by telling us a personal story of how he almost died in an explosion that happened in his basement because his basement was releasing a lot of gas. His basement was releasing a lot of gas and he couldn't smell it. Natural gas usually doesn't have a smell. They put that smell in through processing so that you know that the gas is leaking, but otherwise you would never know. And he lit a cigarette and the entire place blew up and he was burnt and he had to learn how to walk and talk and everything again. Uh, he's a really handsome guy. He looks a, bit, a little bit like The Rock, I have to admit. And he has a, a voice like The Rock too, a sharp, dominant voice uh, that can be very deep. I honestly was very impressed with how he went from his highs and lows. Like he'd be talking with a very high, very high, very loud voice and then he'd during his story he'd go down to a lower calmer tone and he would transition between his different voices so quickly and so well I thought that was uh, thought that was really nice so then he tells us like now that he acknowledged us now that he took his time and told us a story to earn the right he called it to earn the right to for us to think that we can learn something from him. So if he tells us, like, from the beginning, you guys are thinking, like, who is this guy? Why should I listen to him? Why? Blah, blah, blah. And through his story, he earns the right for us to listen to him. And what else did he do? Ooh, the thing from him, the, the he demands a response. When we say yes, when he asks us a question, that's the demand of response. So he always demands a response from us. And if, if the response isn't high enough, he'll be like, I didn't hear that. And we'd have to scream it again. Uh, so all of these techniques he used uh, at the beginning, but then he starts telling us about the, the train the trainer course. 
and how like it provides us with a template to throw seminars like this one on our own and teaches us all we need to know about marketing it and throwing it and doing it, which I honestly think is a very valuable skill. But I just think that, you know, the first day, the first day of the seminar, I went home and then I sat down in bed, tried to sleep. And all I could hear was his voice screaming and shouting and I could I could still hear it in my brain. And then I slept and the next day I went and same thing when I was trying to sleep, like all I could hear was him. And I, I absorbed a lot of him already in two days just because like he was so good at what he was doing. He was good, I have to admit. He, he sold perfectly, he told his stories perfectly, he was funny, he, he was... He made us feel like he was genuine, but how genuine he really was, I don't know. So I wanted to get to know him a little bit, and you guys all know how broke I am. But I like I, I want to buy new shoes, but I've always I've I've been postponing that for for a few months now because I I don't want to spend the money on shoes. But I really am going to buy shoes soon. So they tried to sell us a lot of things, but one of these things that they tried to sell was also having dinner with with him the instructor uh in the dinner break and and between like 7 and 8 p.m and la the last session so that's 30 euros for for having that dinner with him and he told us like he sold it as if like the dinner was going to be at least worth that amount and you get to spend the time with me too so i was like you know what fuck it i want to i want to ask this guy a few questions i want to get to know him and I I thought about it and I, I didn't want to do it initially, but I did. And I went up and I, I bought a dinner ticket for 30 euros and I had exactly 30 euros on me. I gave them that and I asked them already, like, what would we be eating? And they told me that it might be a buffet or it might be a steak, might be something worth it. You know, I thought, like, I need food, so I might as well eat something and learn from this guy at the same time. So after the session ends, they take us up to this different floor and they take us to the room and the room has three tables and uh, and you like seating room for maybe 20 people and we were 16. So I sat down in a position where I knew because there was a, a flip chart in the corner, I knew that that's where they'd be standing. So I sat at the opposite of the flip chart so that I'm directly facing him if he stands there and I start talking to the people on the table very uninteresting people like uh, it was just weird to be honest for me because uh, <laughs> I can't no I'm being harsh like one of them I ran into in a philosophy meetup a year ago and he's this dude with long hair and glasses and like he's trying to be this intellectual type and I saw him and I'm like oh I recognize you we went to this philosophy meetup beforehand and uh, he didn't know how to react, he recognized me too, but he was just awkward and it just felt like everything that he was trying to to say or be or do was artificial in a way that's trying to convince us that he's something in particular. And Okay, before I, I, I know I went through a lot of tangents today, more than usual, <laughs> really more than usual, I... Before the second day, the first day, because of the dinner I went to on the second day, on the first day, the last session, they told us to bring a hundred euros with us to the to the session because they wanted to do an exercise. And now in this exercise, I I really wanted to leave to home to go home earlier, 
So I had a friend of mine, not like a friend I made there who already did this seminar before, who knew what the exercise was, tell me what it was. And he told me. The exercise was that they will bring candles into the room and they will have every one of us stand up. 200 people times 100 is 20,000. Okay? So 200 people stand up and we'd walk in line one by one to burn 100 euros each. And the guy sold it perfectly, you know. He stood up. Everyone came in, like the the staff members came in with candles and a guy came in with a fire extinguisher. The, The lights dimmed, the music was different. There were buckets under the candles and the guy started telling us what we were going to do and how we're going to do it and like a 50 50 euro note can be old and if it's old it's going to burn faster because there's more oil and if it's a new one it's going to burn slower so just make sure that you know what type of bill you have hold it in front in front of the bucket above the bucket exactly you don't want it to leave it mid-air to sway and burn the carpet go down leave it in your hand for seven seconds and then let go and Notice what feelings you have as you do it. Okay, now everyone stand up and you're going to start, lady, in the front. And we're going to go like this. And by the end of it, everyone's going to have burnt their money. And then his colleague comes and he takes them to the corner and they have a discussion, like uh, serious-like discussion. And then they come back and and they're like, okay, we're going to, to start. But before we start, I want you all to close your eyes and imagine yourself burning it. And... Some people started crying, some people started uh, sweating, some people started looking around, some people hid their money, pulled out a 20 euro bill instead of a 50, as if they wouldn't see that when you went up. Um, and there, were, there was a lot of mixed reactions, and I, I thought that was really nice. Uh, put you in a perspective, it makes you think about, am I, am I a slave to this money, or is this money... Is this money controlling me? Am I controlling it? After after we thought for a while, uh, we had to repeat this mantra. We had to repeat, I rule money, money does not rule me. I rule money, money does not rule me. I rule money, money does not rule me. And we went through that for, for a while. And I thought, like, for me, my issue was that I already knew what the exercise was. And the fact of the matter is, it's it's not real. We're not going to burn money. After after we finished the mantra, he made us think we're going to start, and then he was like, "Stop! Exercise is over. Sit down." And the entire time, I knew it was fake. I knew it wasn't real. I knew it wasn't going to happen. But because I knew, I thought about it seriously. I thought I really want to burn this money. I really want to, it It just felt right. It felt right to burn the cash. I don't know why. Even though like it wasn't 50 euros, it was 50 Jordanian dinars because I didn't want to go to the bank and I didn't even have 50 euros in the bank to take, but I had 50 Jordanian dinars with me and another $50. So I got $50 and 50 dinars with me, which make up about uh, like 90 euros. But anyways, I, I really wanted to burn it because every time... I thought of a possibility when I looked at the money. I saw possibility in the money. I saw I could do something with this. I can take a girl out for dinner. I can buy the shoes that I fucking want or need. 
I can invest it, I can do stuff with it. But every time I thought about something I could do with the money, it felt like a trap. It felt like the money is trapping me into what it can do for me. And I was a slave to it because of that. And I wanted to not be ruled by it. Even though like throughout my lifetime, I've, I, you know, you burn money somehow by making mistakes, by subscribing to things or buying things you didn't mean to get or you didn't mean to to get involved with. Sometimes some people don't pay you back. That's money burnt. Sometimes uh, people rip you off. That's money. Like I've I've lost my share of money. I might talk about that properly in another episode. But to me, I never felt like that money I lost was so much or that because I lost a lot of it this early on, it wasn't ever really my money. It was like my parents or my brother paying for my education. It... Uh, I guess there is a part of me that that's willing to burn money now or a part of me that doesn't see it as something that I can I should live towards at all and I'm glad I'm glad with that you know I'm I'm sitting in a room with I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor I can't afford new shoes my clothes I like I have good clothes thank god but I'm not I'm not in an optimum place I'm not I'm not in in a condo on the last floor of an awesome building with a pool and a gym and a spa um, I'm just a broke student in a in a really shitty room trying to to figure their their shit out and trying to make an impact uh, but a genuine impact not like not like these guys somehow but you know who am I to judge at the end of the day I still need to learn a lot more so after we sat down and the exercise was over, I, I was under this high. I really wanted to burn this money. I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. I wanted to say that I, I wanted to burn it. And I was thinking about that actually a lot. Like, what am I going to say on the podcast? What am I going to describe on the podcast? What what information am I listening to right now that I want to talk about? What feelings do I have right now do I, that I want to talk about? But that was the feeling I had. What was I going to say to you guys? And... A part of me was like, even if, I know this is fake, but even if we don't burn it right now, I'm going to go home and, and I might burn it. I, I want to prove to myself that I, I want to see myself burn it. So I went up on on stage. I, I ran up to the stage. I, I see the, the instructor. I go go up to him. I, I look at him and I tell him, they they took the candles out. They took the fire extinguisher out. They, they, they took everything out. And I look at him and I tell him, can I still burn the money? And he looks at me confused, like, why would you burn the money? I'm like, it feels right. He told me, you don't need to, the lesson is learned. Don't burn your money, use it. And then he walked away from the, like, just, he's still on the stage. But that, I think that's smart, actually. I just noted this now. He was still on the stage, but he just walked, you know, gave me a bit of his back and walked away from the stage to to make it clear that this conversation is done. This conversation is over. Uh, nice. That's a good one. So I walk, I walk back to the to my chair and I, I sit down and then then everyone quiets down and the guy stands up again and he talks about what we went through during this experience, right? Some people went through. Some people really cried. Like I talked to this girl and she really cried because her dad was very like tight with money would have them save any cent that they can, even if they have to take a train two hours longer just to save half a euro, he'd have them do that. And for her, the idea of burning 100 euros was just shocking. Another girl was like, 
I'm I have to work 10 hours to make 100 euros so that's me burning 10 hours of my life and that's how I thought about it but then it felt freeing if I if I do burn it it doesn't feel like I anything does happen to me it doesn't feel like I'm really going to lose anything and I, I felt like I wanted to be free from that and then another guy stood up and he was like I went through a time in my life where we really didn't have a lot of money and I know that 100 euros can feed four people for an entire week so for me and my family I felt like if I if I'm if I'm burning them I'm I'm removing sustenance I'm removing the ability to, to feed my family for a week and that you know that hits strong definitely imagine being him going through that type of calculation calculating that type of problem right and yeah i guess at the end of the day it's just about knowing what type of problems your brain enjoys calculating and and just being really good at that by continually calculating that calculation <laughs> and the more money I, money you have the the different sets of problems you have to calculate Okay, so my roommate's showering. The bathroom's right next to my... is attached to my room. Uh, I should have probably told them, like, I'm recording, but hey, it's a free world, right? So, yeah. Another, another woman stood up, and she told us how, for her, it wasn't about herself. For her, it was about the fact that we were burning 20,000 euros, and that 20,000 euros can give water for an Af African village for... A few years at least so that was admirable you know she wasn't thinking about her 100 euros she was thinking about Africa <laughs> yeah so it just shows you know how everyone looked at that differently and and as he was before he told us the, like the exercise is fake he told us that we're not burning 20,000 we're actually you're burning 100 and that's a lesson that you need to to learn and it's it's worth it's worth a hundred. So yeah, I and then he he explained the different st things that we can go through with during this type of exercise. And and for me, he, something he mentioned was uh, trying to prove to yourself or to others that you can you can do it. You know, some people just want to prove to themselves that they can do it. And and that hit me. You know, I I really really thought about this a lot. Like, did I? Did I try, want to burn the money to prove to myself that I burnt it? That I can let go of that possibility of what this money can bring me? Did I want to prove to you guys that I can burn it? That I'm, I'm more than, than normal? That I can do things that other people can't? Uh, which isn't true. Or did I want to prove to the friends that I made over there that I, I have the balls to burn it and just to make them like me more, think I'm special? Or did I go up to stage and talk to him in person to prove to him that I would burn it and to, for him to know that I exist also, to acknowledge me in that moment? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's right. A part of me really does think it's right. A part of me thinks like, yeah, there is a part of me deep inside that really wants to prove to everyone what I am, what I can do, what I will do. The people who treated me badly in school, the people who always underestimated me, the the people like in school, like I was I was treated badly by a lot. I was really underestimated, really thought of as as, as stupid. And I, a part of me wants to show everyone in school or every person that's ever came in contact with me that 
I I will make an impact on this world. I'm not just here to to come and fade away like everything. And I will come and fade away and everything fades away and I I see that. And I see how fragile or unreal somehow this all is. And it's just these stories that we tell ourselves. Uh, I've talked about narrative before, but I went through something weird the other day. Because after after going canoeing and coming back home, I decided to meditate. And as I was meditating, I was thinking about the meaning of, of the thoughts in my head. Because you always have thoughts. And you'll always have a reaction to those thoughts in, in your, I don't know, soul. The thing that observes in you. But then I, I looked at the word meaning and I kept repeating the word meaning in my mind. And it felt like a foreign word. Like it's just jumbled sounds together that I assign meaning to through the language, culture, society that I was brought up in, through the system that feeds into itself and continues itself somehow. So outside of outside of the physical norms this arrangement of sound does not mean anything the only reason it means anything is because of the illusion that i created between myself and this word this meaning and i detached from that meaning somehow and i looked at the word meaning as if it wasn't it didn't have any meaning as if it didn't have any meaning as if it it just was an arrangement of sound and once I felt that, I I really like disconnected. I, I saw that that's the case with literally every single sensation in my body. Every single thing that I feel, every single thing that, that I'm aware of is just meaning. Just like the word lost its meaning. All of these things sort of lost their meaning because it's only my perspective of them that gives them meaning. It's only this illusion of myself that gives them meaning. And I really felt that in a really intense way. Uh, but yeah, I still ask myself, am I doing any this to prove to, to this to something to someone? Probably, probably. Be it someone, be it the woman of my dreams that I'll someday marry, or be it the classmates that bullied me and always told me I was dumb, be it myself and wanting to prove to myself that I can do something in this world. And this podcast is a statement of that. You know, it's like no matter what happens, I, I'm I'm feeding into my narrative by doing this. And I can't not believe that I'll do things that are important. I just can't. It's not a possibility for me. I don't know. Like I can see a, a reality where I decide to just go and be a monk in a mountain, not do shit. Uh, but I also feel like that would be a waste. <laughs> I I feel like if I have the chance to really have an impact, I and I see that I can, and I'm building towards something that I know that I can, especially with uh, with my thesis on online education. Like I really see that. Uh, I'm looking at education in such a different way right now of how to reach children, how to reach people. And I know what I can build. And I know that I'm I, I'm the one that can build it with the people that I can build it with. Still need to find them though, but I 
I really know I can have that impact. And just by having that possibility available in your mind of the books you can write, of the movies you want to film or the companies you want to open or the nonprofits you want to start and you have them so clear in your head, it's it's really hard not to it's unfair not to follow them because if I if I do do these things, I know that it won't just improve my life, it will really change the course of where we're all going with our thoughts with our that's something that bothered me in, in the seminar because i i saw how normal people are and i'm I'm one of them and i'm sitting there absorbing everything they're absorbing and i don't know what they were going through in their heads i know what i was going through in my head i barely do know what was going on through my own head but you know you're, you're sitting there and you have the time you have two days three days to think about your life and your finances some people thought that this was the only thing giving them hope. Others thought that they might get what they want. Others didn't know what they want. And everyone was still there somehow. And is are they is anyone really going to be happier by pursuing that type of path? Maybe maybe not. I I really don't know. All I know is it's a shame that we see the world the way we do. And I had a discussion with a friend yesterday about uh, intelligence. And I saw like this part of me spark up again, debating why the universe is inherently intelligent and trying to understand itself and, and and grow and acquire, accumulate knowledge, skills, organs that can communicate and manipulate the energies around us. And we're all a part of that process. There is no exception. And how how integrated will we be in this process somehow? Or how will we all find our place and know that the place that we're in is also going to shift I don't know but just knowing that I can have an effect on how the world sees the world I it's just wrong to stop it's just not right it's not right to stop if I can build something great it's just, it's just a waste not to but of course, you know, the the road to evil is paved with good intentions, right? <laughs> My intentions are good, but who knows what's gonna come out of it. I don't wanna I didn't wanna take the course like to continue the story of having dinner with him. Uh first off we didn't have dinner with him. They brought us like truffle soup. It was it was good soup, but it was it wasn't a steak or it wasn't a buffet, it wasn't a good meal. I was really disappointed. Uh, the food came and we ate and the second the guy walked in I raised my hand and I was like yo is this all the food that we're gonna get because he did say that it would be more and then he he, he, he like he just walked into the door and that's the first thing I told him and he was he was like sort of you know like what <laughs> brought back like he, he was like what I was like yo I need to eat uh, he made fun of that a bit and then continued and everyone that was there uh, was... I'm just going to get water. Sorry. 
Yeah, that was sudden, but I really needed to hydrate. <sighs> yeah. Should I be surprised that I can talk for an hour straight without uh, drinking anything or breathing? <laughs> so yeah, I, I sat in that room. I, I saw it in that room. I sat in that room and I was disappointed that we didn't eat that much, but... Uh, there he was, giving his, uh, like, he's talking to us, and some people had their questions, and I, I wanted to slap myself when I heard people ask their questions. Their questions were so shit and so general. Like, some guy asked him, like, what do you think is the best way for me to make passive income? And I looked at him like, what the fuck? You have, we have this guy between 16 people for less than an hour, and he came, like, 15 minutes late. And you're asking him something he already explained to us. And it's something that you can Google. And it's something that he'll just tell you depending on his perspective. And when you want to when you want to build a passive income stream, that passive income stream has to be specific to who you are. Like if you if you're a really good yoga instructor, you build yoga courses, you write a book about yoga, you explore different areas, you share that with people, you make it accessible. You can invest in real estate, you can invest in stocks, you 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 know what you like and what you do and you 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 focus on that and you build something out of that that can continue making you money. I'm doing that. You know, I'm, I have my course, I have my book and I'm I'm actually trying to do that. So and that's exactly what the instructor said. He looked at him and he's like, "Dude, you you have your it's very specific to you. Like I don't know you." And that like 15 minutes got lost there. But um yeah, this this uh, long long haired dude with the glasses that I met before, he was really awkward and uh, he asked like a, also a very dumb question, not even to get an answer, but just to, to I don't know, prove something, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I think that was the point I wanted to get to. It always felt like he was trying to prove something, and I always felt like he just you don't need to try or do any of this right now. But for me, I was uh, I, I got in, like four questions and I got more questions in than anyone because I, I think the guy was just interested in answering my, my shit. Uh, I asked him personal questions about him that I can mimic or I can... I asked him about his voice and how he, he had to relearn how to talk after, after his uh, burnt... Uh, after he was burnt and uh, hospi hospitalized, his uh, vocal cords were cut when they kept on putting oxygen into his uh, oxygen tubes into his uh, throat. So he had to wait till they healed and and, and practice his voice again. But uh, yeah, he just told me about how he pauses before he shouts and creates the tension and then breathes. And then uh, just basic stuff, you know, from the lungs and, and all of that from the from the belly, speak from the belly. And then I asked him about, but when I asked him a question, he's like, is this going to be about the food or is this going to be about something else? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm more interested in talking. I'm more interested in you right now. You know, I was very uh, charismatic in that scene. I, I, I like it. And um, yeah, I talked to him, like uh, asked him about how he how he's marketing his courses because he also has courses. We might get advice from him, too. And he told me, like, you start podcasting, you write a book. I told him, I have a podcast and you have a book. And he's like, you don't have a podcast. You have your own 
funnel your own listeners your own people listening to you what you need to do is infiltrate uh, other people's funnels and other people's uh, base Uh, you have your own base you have to get into tap into other people's funnels and and bases and I was like true you know I, I thought about that often like I should start being a guest on other podcasts right and I don't know why I haven't uh, done that yet. Um, and uh, it hit me. Like, I, I thought about it before, but just like when he said it, he said it in such an intense way that it just pierced through in a very nice way. And uh, yeah, afterwards, uh, like the entire, like we went back into the, into the seminar and he started teaching us again. And at that point, it started feeling to me as if he was just talking to me and not anyone else in the room even though he never looked at me he was trying to sell the train the trainer course for 3995 i think and he went back to the answers to his questions that i asked him so at some point he said that he has a guy investing all of his money for him because he's only into business he's not into, like he he's mainly focused in, into his businesses and stocks and securities he has a guy called mr money that manages all of that for him so my question to him was how did you trust this guy to manage your money for you like how did you manage to get that trust uh, i thought that was more important than anything else and he answered that he told me about mr money how he met how they got to know each other and how he grew to trust him how he was good with taxes and investments so it's nice that you have an investor that also knows the tax side to it, so you don't have to worry about that. And then while he was doing his train, the trainer uh, pitch promotion, he mentioned Mr. Money again, and he mentioned, uh, I think, his voice, or he mentioned the book that he he told us about in the room. He he mentioned things that the, like only the people in the room would would get, and. It felt like he was talking to me and I really had to think about it. Like, do I want to do this? First off, I can't. I don't have the money. Uh, as we were in the uh, at dinner, uh, he, he looked at me. He's like, you should take the one of the courses. He named one of the courses, not the train the trainer one. And I told him if I could afford it, I would. And he's like, you're a creative guy. You'll figure it out. And right when he was leaving, he, I asked him again. He mentioned that he was working in the army. Uh, he worked in the army beforehand, and that's what built the discipline in him. And I just asked him, like, how many years did he serve? And he told me he served for three. And I was re- like, respect. And I always think, like, personal questions like that, you get to know the character of the guy, of how he was built to be himself, is so much more important than what he can tell me about. What's the best way I can build passive income? And then the same guy asked him something like, uh, What's a trend in stock securities that you know will will always happen no matter what? There is no such thing. There, like, okay, some things rise and some other things fall in in correlation to each other, but there is no set rule of how the market's gonna move, man. What the fuck are you asking? Uh, the guy just said that he's not into stocks and he's into business. Why are you asking him this shit? Uh, you can Google this, man. You can, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, uh, so I thought to myself, like, after he finished his pitch, uh, and, like, the course is for 3,995 happening in Germany, and I could take it, and I could really learn all of these tricks, all of these psychological tricks that he uses to engage an audience, really bring information to them, retain the information in them, and learn how to market a seminar like this, learn how to give it 
properly like i could give i could give a workshop or a seminar right now but i i wouldn't be able to do it as good as i as i would want to with the information that i have right now i still need to learn i still need to grow i can i if you give me a mic and give me a thousand people to talk to right now i'll go in front of them and i'll talk i have no problem but uh i want to really create a genuine message that that sticks and I, I thought to myself, like, I could I could right now, I think the smartest thing I could do is go up to him on stage and ask him, give me a 3,995 loan for one year, 10% interest, I'll pay you back, and I'll take the course. Because you claimed that as a trainer, I can make 40K in one weekend. So if you think that, then you shouldn't worry about that return on investment of me paying back the loan. And a part of me thinks that he would have said yes. A part of me thinks he would have said no. I don't know. I didn't go up to him. I thought about it for a second. and I, It felt right and it felt wrong. Because it, it felt right as in I can go right now and I can learn this valuable skill. And I can really make some good money out of it. And I can do something that I love. But it felt wrong because I don't know if going into this I'll be the same person that goes out with just absorbing how he talked for two days influenced me this much how am i going to be influenced if i'm there with like a proper trainer training me how to train like him and teaching me these psychological tricks and how to use them and and start talking in a certain way because if you look at these instructors there 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 were a few instructors and they showed us a video of another instructor at some point they follow the same routine of talking. We have to finish their sentences. They ask a lot of questions that we have to, they demand responses, basically. And they say thank you a lot. They raise their hand a lot and say yes. Uh, true, true. Yes, yes. Like they explain something and they're like, true or true? <coughs> that's, that's my response. And yeah, it just felt wrong if I did it and I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to... Yeah, maybe I'm afraid I, I wouldn't turn out to be the same person. I, I should trust that I, I'd be me, but I know that this is something that can taint me and I don't want it to taint me. I don't want to absorb it. I don't want to be it. It can be its own thing away from me. I want to really build a genuine connection with people, not not convince them that I'm being genuine or not convince them that they're learning something when they're not or not convince them that they're something less than they are so that they can be more or that they're not enough as they are or any of that. It's just not right. It's, it's just this, you're feeding into the illusion and I don't want that. I really don't. So... Yeah, I think I covered most of what I wanted to cover. I wanted to cover the the seminar. I did. <laughs> this guy was was um, a different character. Definitely, it was nice to be able to absorb him. The money management system seems nice. Ten percent in financial freedom. Ten percent in um, long term savings. Ten percent in education. Ten percent in play. Five percent in gifts. Also in, in charity, as in and then 55% in necessities. Of course, when you decrease your expenses and increase your income, your balance is always better. And the percentages are flexible depending on your life, obviously, like how you want to play it. 
So other than that, just me detaching from the word meaning while I was meditating was insane. And realizing when I was canoeing how different things calculate different problems and they're aware in their own set and they'll only adapt within the system that they're in with the way that they can adapt and the way that they need to adapt without the awareness of all these other systems. And we have the ability and awareness to see those systems within ourselves and other people. And that's the beginning of of that conscious power that that we're that we're growing into and i i think that's beautiful for me lately i've been going through this fight against detachment a part of me really doesn't want to be detached from everything around him and i i don't enjoy food as much as i i previously did i don't enjoy um i don't enjoy much as i usually do food candy a good movie i i I enjoy them and i do them and it's nice but after feeling the high i felt when i was finishing up the book uh, it's never been the same and i want to be a physical being somehow i don't know if this makes sense I'm, i'm a physical being that's not enjoying the physical world somehow but at the same time i'm beyond this physical being i'm this awareness that's aware of this process moving should i embrace detachment and therefore become more attached than i ever could otherwise or do i resist it and tell myself that i want to remain and i i don't know but i think that's a discussion for another time <laughs> yeah. yeah it's been uh it's been real it's been cool haven't recorded a long one like this uh in a few weeks uh i know my 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 energy is a bit low but i'm had a long day now to upload this right I'll see you guys in the next one like always take care Oh, wait, I, I forgot to mention uh, the f- when I was talking about attention, what I've been doing to increase my attention. And I think it's funny, it's quite ironic that I forgot to mention that again. Uh, so I started, I, de- I deleted WhatsApp and Instagram for the next two weeks. And I'm watching one full movie a day almost. So that's one hour and a half of me focusing intently on one single thing without any interruption. And... It's been helping a lot right now because with WhatsApp or Instagram, there's always those interruptions and there's always the urge to check if there might be something cool going on. It's the jackpot effect. You never know when something good is going to... You never know when you're going to win the jackpot, but you can always try again. You can always check again. And once you do get the jackpot, you feel that dopamine kick. And I really feel it, you know, and I really feel the effect it has on me and how it takes me away from being present. Uh, It just takes me away from being anything. just makes me... I, I just don't like it. So I've been doing that. And uh, lately I've been, the past two days, because it's only been two days since I've done it, I've been feeling like the urge to re-download Instagram and check it again. And Because you always have the option to download it again, uh, you'll always be able to go back to it. It's always like an addiction that's waiting for you. And I, I don't like that at all. 
but uh, yeah, just ignore that and keep moving. And uh, I'm feeling like my intention is improving a lot more. There's a lot to do, and uh, there's a lot that I I want to do and need to do. So it's important to to get this right, right? So this time I can actually go. Take care.